Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Bible Study. This is Apostle Corey Green. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. Welcome those who watch live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope. Those who watch and replay broadcasts or listening to a podcast, again, I welcome you uh, again to our Weekly Bible Study. I greet you in the name of Jesus. So I open up in prayer. We're going to jump right on into the word of God. Father God, we come now once again on this day you've made. We shall rejoice and be glad. And we thank you, O God, for this word that shall go forth on this evening, O God. We know it shall go forth with power and accomplish what you set it out to accomplish in the lives of these, your people, O God. I declare, O God, that it will take root, O God. Open our eyes to see our ears to hear. Touch our heart that we may receive this word. Speak to me. Speak through me, O God. You be glorified. You be magnified. Let your glory come upon this Bible study right now in Jesus' mighty name. We come against any seeds that will try to sow, to try to snatch this word, to try to choke out this word. We blood block it in advance in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O God. You be glorified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Uh, so uh, we're uh, picking back up on our series, Defeating uh, the Demonic Strongman. Uh, last uh, time we met, uh, we were on part four. Uh, and we started talking about uh, the strongholds of the strong man. So, again, the strongholds of the strong man. Uh, one aspect of a stronghold, uh, a demonic stronghold, is an incorrect thought pattern. Uh, uh, so, so, so one stronghold is just simply an incorrect thought pattern that must be cast down. That's a, that's a stronghold could be an, an, a wrong thought pattern. How the enemy will try to build a stronghold or a wall uh, to hide behind. Uh, so the strong man tries to build walls tries to build strongholds, etc., uh, a, def- a, a wall of defense, etc., uh, so that they can they, they can try to hide behind, uh, so they can continue doing what, what they want to do. Uh, so again, the strong man tries to hide behind their strongholds. And so just like they're godly strongmen, uh, we talk about how they are demonic strongmen. They're demonic strongmen, but we as children of God are godly strongmen. Uh, uh, just like there, and, and there's also godly strongholds and demonic strongholds. Uh, and so, um, we, we, we talked about how uh, to get to the demonic strongman. We first must destroy their strongholds. And that's only through prayer. That's only through the weapons of our warfare that we've been given. Uh, uh, living that lifestyle of prayer because prayer, our prayer life is a weapon. It's our first and last line of defense. We have to be persistent and consistent until we knock down every stronghold that the strongman has set up. Uh, and then, of course, we, we, we talked about how the strongman has been assigned to you by Satan to serve as a general. To lead evil troops in persistent, relentless, and major attacks and assaults against you. Period. So again, the strong man has been assigned to you by Satan to serve as a general to lead evil troops in persistent, relentless, and major attacks attacks and assaults against our life. So we have to be persistent and relentless to make major counterattacks and assaults against any demonic kingdom that's been set up against us. So again. It's not a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle. 
and then we, we're coming into strongman and the, the troops of the strongman who do, who's working with the strongman who's working for the strongman because again the strongman uh, as we mentioned before wants us to get caught up in the situation so we can look at it through our natural eyes the strongman then wants us to curse ourselves by declaring bad things over us speaking curses over our own selves again and to continue so they can buy more time so, so that's part again with, with the strongman what the strongman does with the stronghold and again uh, a stronghold in general and this is review uh it's referred to as a castle a fortress or anything that was fortified so again it's 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 a wall of defense it's a wall of defense so that's what what the enemy uh tries to do with with their strongholds uh and so again if you missed uh that last bible study make sure you go back and watch part four uh, as we go in went into a little more detail so today we're going to continue on the part five of defeating the demonic strongman uh and uh, and today we're going to talk about uh, strongholds again, strongholds of the strong man. We're going to continue where we left off, dealing with strongholds of the strong man. Uh, so again, uh, you're watching live, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, hit the share button, share with your family, friends, followers, etc. So, so we understand again the basic premise that 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 we we know there's demonic strongmen who who are are uh, generals, so, so to speak, some generals. Uh, in Satan's army, who 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 are doing business down here uh, on Earth, and they have troops who also work for them. And so the strong man does not want to be found. The strong man wants to stay in the hiding. The strong man will send other lower-ranking demons ahead of it to take to take shots for it, to take the fire for it, to take the brunt of the the the, the attack, our counterattack, so that the strong man can continue to try to stay in hiding. So the strong man can be, be very stubborn uh, because again. Their, their goal is to try to stay in hiding and get all the other demons to come up and get all the other demons to be, do their bidding or get which is welcome socials to do their bidding. So we have responsibility again to be persistent and consistent in prayer until we see results. So you can't back down. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's all about persistence. It's, it's all about persistence. But, but strategically, when we're being persistent, we need to be being persistent with strategy. Because every battle is not the same, right? I say it all the time. Every battle is not the same. And especially in this time, this season that we're living in, the Lord has made it abundantly clear that we cannot fight alone. We cannot go at it alone. And we said, he said in this season, when strategies, we must send his glory ahead of us. We must, we must go on the battlefield with his glory. With his glory. And in order to go on the battlefield with his glory, we must chase after God. We must seek him. We must spend time with him. Because, see, we're dealing with a demonic strong man. Yes. But remember, I told you, they could be a strong man. We'll get to this deeper in, later in the series. But they, as I told you before, they could be one strong man. Can this be assigned to one thing? They could just be assigned to try to block you from getting married or assigned to try to destroy your marriage. It could be a, a, a strong man assigned to try to destroy, destroy your health. And you have this picture after that these this strong man who has a whole bunch of troops working under them that's trying to keep the agenda going, trying to push the stuff going on. So so more than likely, the longer you've been on this battlefield and you know what you know, especially you've been 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 connected connected to this ministry, this church, you know that there's a different target on you because you're exposing the enemy. You're you're strategically fighting back. So it can easily be where now it's like, okay. Well, you're not just dealing with just one strong man. You're dealing with multiple strong men. 
and it's a strategy that we teach in deliverance and in deliverance training, et cetera, uh, to, to, to try to get to, to the, the, the strong man in charge. But, 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 the, but the fact of the matter is you have to realize, I, I don't think no one who's been around this long enough, you've been following this long enough, you, you, you know you're in a fight. But it's a fight that we're supposed to win. It's a fight that we will win as long as we keep showing up. But we have to understand that the strong man is no dummy. The strong man is not stupid. The strong man takes calculated risks. They count the cost before they attack. The strong man ain't just going to come out and just attack recklessly, so to speak. They're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to look at the information they have on us. That's why demonic familiar spirits try to monitor us to try to get information what's working. What's not working? What what seems to be a weakness? What 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 can we bring in their life that could distract them? What 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 tends to distract them? What can, what tends to get them to lose focus? What gets them to lose their temper? What gets them angry? What what can we do to get them offended? What typically gets them offended? What can we mess with to really get under their skin and cause them to curse themselves? Cause them to do it, et cetera. So now the familiar spirit study, find find information, report it back. That demon, whatever they reported to, reports it to the strong man. The strong man then gathers more information. Okay, well, you go attack here. Now you demon go attack here. You do this. I want you to be responsible for this. Now you're going to be the one to send this distraction over here, etc. So they build their case. They build their file on how to come at us. No wonder why you notice certain patterns, certain patterns that keep happening over and over and over again. And you wonder, well, well, what? what what is it? Or have you fallen to the same trap over and over again? That wasn't by accident. There is no such thing as an accident. Please understand this. Repeat after me. There is no such thing as an accident. No such thing. We call it an accident. That's a nice pretty word. They say, oh, well, it was an accident. It was by mistake. There's no such thing as an accident. There's nothing the enemy does by mistake. The enemy doesn't accidentally attack. The enemy doesn't accidentally make, make a set of trap. The strong man doesn't accidentally attack. It's planned. It's strategic. There's certain areas right now that you're aware of. Certain highways, et cetera, or there's a lot of accidents on that highway. There's there's a lot of been a lot of deaths on that highway. There's been a lot of stuff happening in this neighborhood. There's been a lot of murders over here. There's been a lot of crime over here. It's not by accident. It was calculated. It was a strategic attack. So if the enemy, if the strong man has strategy, shouldn't we as children of God, godly strong men, have strategy? We gotta have strategy. We can't go, we, we can't just go at all. We got the power of God, we got the authority, we got all these weapons, and say, I'm just gonna go and just, just use it everywhere, anywhere, however I want to. It has to be strategy because you're not fighting against the strong man. Please understand, the strong man again is no dummy. Demonic strong men are not dummies. Now they're foolish for trying to come after us for what's what's the fight that they're gonna catch as we keep showing up. But they're not dumb in their attempt as far as how they're coming at they, They've been around for a long time. They've been around longer than we've been on earth. They've studied the human race, so to speak. They've studied flesh. Because, see, the, it, it, the strong man is not trying to attack your spirit. It knows it can't do that. 
It's trying to attack your flesh. It's trying to attack your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Think about that. They're trying to attack your soul, which is the seat of your mind, your will, your emotions, your appetites, your passions. Trying to attack the flesh because they know the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the demonic strong man has to attack the things that they feel that they can have an advantage in if we give them that advantage. If they find legal rights to have an advantage there. That's what they're doing. And so in doing this, they also build up their strongholds so that even we discover certain things. They say, well, yeah, when they get to me, you got to go through all of these. And so they want us to be wary over time. So that right when we're right there at the brink of getting to that strong man, they want us to crash. They want us to be tired. They want us to give up. They want us to stop. They want us to be frustrated. They want us to be discouraged. Every time you're sniffing them out, every time you're getting close, they're like panic, panic alert, send an excuse, send an attack, send, send a distraction to make you get your focus off of what you were focusing on, to start focusing on that attack, to start focusing on that thing. Every attack is not for you to fight back. Some of it is just smoke screens. Some of it is just a distraction and get you to focus on it. So you take your attention off of what you're really supposed to be focused on. Because you are gaining, you, 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 you are get, putting pressure on them. You was putting pressure on the strong man. And the strong man got afraid. The strong man was concerned. What can I do? Who can I send to distract you? What old faces can I bring back up to pull you away when you were so, so, so on fire? You was going this direction. What can I do to get them to slip and fall? What can I do to get them to slip into sin? What can I do to get them to do to condemn themselves and to beat themselves up and to hold themselves down and to curse their own self? What can I do? This is what the strong, demonic strong man is thinking. It's strategy. And we have to have strategy. We have to seek God for strategy. Lord, how do I fight this battle? How do I approach this situation? How do I counterattack here? How do I get on the offensive? And I haven't even got into offensive strategies. How, how, how do I get on the offensive? Put, put it in perspective now. So with, with that being said, the strong man is now setting up these demonic strongholds, these walls of defense. So they need these walls of defense so that they feel protected, so they feel layered. So that we feel like it's an uphill battle, like we feel like, oh, it's too much to overcome. No, we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. But it's not enough just to quote that scripture. We got to show up. Suited, booted, full armor God, ready for war. This is about persistence. Repeat after me. I must be persistent. I'm sorry if you were taught or led to believe that everything just going to fall in your lap. That it's just going to happen just because you believe. It's just going to happen just because I believe. Well, yes, that's one part. You have to believe. But you still have to fight for what's yours because the Lord is not getting off his throne. We got a throne on earth. We have to rule here. God is putting it on us. He said, I've given you my power, the authority of Christ. Christ rules and reigns in us. Holy Spirit is in us. We have what we need. He's given us the weapons. 
We have what we need to fight. Why would the Lord have the need to give you weapons if you were not going to fight? And I tell you all the time, this is not honorary weapons. This is not ceremonial weapons. These are real weapons that are going to be used, that have been used, that will be used over and over and over again. So you have to be persistent. We have to be persistent. Bottom line, point blank, no getting around it. Because the strongholds have been set up to try to weary us. To try to slow you down. But God has never made a weak soldier. The flesh gets weak, but your spirit, the real you, is mighty in God. Remember, Christ is our life. So you're entitled to break through. Yeah, yeah, I said it. You're entitled to break through. Because you're only having to break through because there's something in your way that's not supposed to be there. You're breaking through demonic barriers. You're breaking through demonic walls, demonic strongholds. And then you're going to come face to face with a demonic strong man who's been attacking you, who's been on your bloodline, who's been coming for you, who's been assigned to you, who's been assigned to your family. Who's been assigned to your destiny. There is a strong man that has been assigned to your destiny. And that strong man is determined. That they will fight you to the death. To try to make sure you don't get all that God has for you, has for you to have. And you have to be determined. I'm going to fight and I'm going to keep showing up. I'm not going to back down until I see the results. I will pray and I will war until I see the results. But I'm not a crazy fighter. I'm a smart fighter. I'm a smart warrior. I'm not going to fight every battle. No, 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 and no. Not going to happen. Not going to fight every battle. That's part of the problem right there. Some of you have been fighting every battle. Some of you have been fighting every battle. And it is making you tired. And it is wearing you down. And it's making you frustrated. And it's making you discouraged. Because you're fighting every battle. And every battle is not for you to fight. Now folks go to the extreme. We're saying, well, the Lord going to fight all my battles. No, nope, that is not the case. God ain't getting off his throne. Some battles he will fight for us. Most battles he will fight through us. I say this all the time. But the problem is some of us have been fighting every single battle that's been thrown at us. And some battles not even supposed to come across your desk. It's not even supposed to come across your desk. Some you've been going picking up battles. Just going picking it up. Well, I'm going to fight this because this is I don't like what's going on here. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight. And then and the enemy knows you. And so the enemy start baiting you. Because guess what? The strong man's like, hey, that's what these foot soldiers for. Go ahead. We can, I, I don't mind some casualties up there. Long as you don't get to me. The strong man is like, long as you don't get to me. Because now you don't destroy the little troops. They're saying, okay. But they didn't get to me. So do I have time? Do I have room? So they're going to watch and learn. It's so, okay. Now can I call some other demons back? Can I call some more powerful demons? Even more powerful than those other ones who are under me. Because it's going to take. Cause, cause, please understand this. You've caused so much damage to the camps of the enemy until sometimes the enemy have to go and call reinforcement to call more powerful demons than the ones you just destroyed. I'm showing you I'm showing you part of how the strong man works. The strong man says, "Okay, 
that set of troops, those type of foot soldiers, y'all be wiping out like this, wiping out like that with a snap of your finger, just boom, 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 wiping out, wiping out, wiping out. Now, of course, they don't want you to know that. They want you to think, well, nothing's moving. They want you to go by what you see. Well, nothing's changing. Well, nothing's happened. I don't see the manifestation in that area yet. That's what they want you to look at. That's part of strategy. Because their goal is to make you think you're not winning. They want you to make you think you're losing. They want you to make you think, what's the point of me praying and worrying? I'm not seeing no change. I'm still having these dreams. I'm still getting these attacks, et cetera, et cetera. But you know you've been fighting. You know you, you've been applying strategy. So what you're dealing with now is you just destroyed a whole bunch of low-ranking troops. But the straw man said, oh, I got to call in some more evil spirits than that one to come back and attack you. You got to catch this now. This is why when you come against evil altars, come against witchcraft, witchcraft you come against all these different attacks, right? You, you're, you're fighting and you're causing damage. You're causing damage. Those little spirits that have been coming in your dream. You destroy the altar, whatever happened. But then you know, I'm, I'm dreaming about this stuff again. It's happening all over again. It's happened all over. But again, you've been applying what you've been taught. I guarantee the ones that are coming, except, of course, the strong man may still be in operation. But what typically happens in that regard is you just destroy the ones who is coming in your dream. You just destroy the ones who is feeding you in your dreams. But you got to realize you could be dealing with thousands of demons. Right. So you just destroy the whole bunch. But then the next crew come in. And then the next crew comes in. And then, OK, well. Then the strong man sees, okay, they're they falling one by one. We got we to figure something else out. So now, now the strong man has to tap on the shoulder more evil demonic spirits than the ones that you just destroyed. More powerful ones than the ones you just destroyed to try to wear you down to make you think nothing's changing. But on the contrary, the reason they've intensified, the reason you've seen these patterns in your dreams, you're eating in your dreams constantly, all this day after you've been warned and doing, applied, you've been taught, is because now more evil spirits. High-ranking spirits than the one you just destroyed are now coming at you. High-ranking witch and walking socials has now picked up your chart and picked up your an assignment on you because they realize that they got to try to hold you down to make you think that you're not winning, to make you think you're not advancing. That's strategy. Now you understand why you can't afford to fight alone anymore. It's gonna be it's gonna be tag teaming, and and I told you we just just released something uh, over the over the Christmas time. It was a small group, a small soft launch of 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 of, of something, and, 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 and this group is all about battle strategies. It's all about how to win battles, how and 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 not doing it by yourself. Got an entire team of mentors who's helping them with with the individual battles, individual strategy, how to strategize, giving strategies from their experience, from what I've taught, et cetera, things that is too much for me to teach all just on Bible study. And and we just released recently launched it. And 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 I'm seeking God as far as He wants me to release it to the masses yet. But but this this group is all about strategy. Strategy, offensive strategy, defensive strategy, how dealing directly with specific things that you're dealing with. And so the importance, what I'm saying, the importance of this is you can't do this alone anymore. You can't do this alone anymore. Because think about it. Watch this now. The demons aren't doing it alone. Don't you know that you've wearied so many demons? They got to tap out and tag another one. Okay, you you are now your turn. You wearied, wearied so many witches. They tap out. Now it's your turn. All right, because they're in networks. Witches operate in networks. They operate in teams. They travel in teams. They don't work alone. There's no witch that works alone. I'm going to say it again. There is no witch that works alone. 
So why so much in the body of Christ, so much we're trying to do alone? Why are you trying to fight these battles by yourself? Why are you trying to figure it out by yourself? God sent you answers right here. You've been hearing the sound right here. Stop trying to do it alone. And so demons are tagging each other in our, your turn. And it's just one you. Yeah, you got all this power and authority. But you got to fight smart. The enemy ain't fighting dumb. They fighting smart. So the strong man can be sitting back there relaxing, chilling. While them other demons getting wore out. But the strong man just sitting there like, yeah, keep destroying them. Let me try to gain some strength over here. Let me try to let me try to buy some time because 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 you, you, you might have got to the strong man, weakening them a little bit because what you what you got rid of, what you dealt with, et cetera. And so now they let think, OK, what can we do to distract them? What can we do to get them attention off of me? And so they tag others and, OK, you go, you fight, you go to them, you go to them, you go to them, you go over here, you go over there, you go over there, et cetera, to try to buy time. So if our enemy is not fighting alone, why in the world are you fighting alone? That's why it's called an army. It's an army. Now, there are individual sports like, for example, boxing. But the thing is, even in a one-on-one sport, I'll give you an example, in one-on-one sport, in boxing, UFC fighting, boxing. Now, those boxers are in the ring, male or female, they're in the ring, they're fighting. They're fighting against their opponent, one-on-one. Right. But they're still not fighting alone because you've got the people in the corner. They go in the front of the corner in between rounds. All right, man, you got to You got to start using your jab. Go back to our training. You, you, you're going off of the plan. You're not sticking to the plan. Go back to the jab. You got a jab because they're getting too close. You got to start moving, counter move, counter punch, counter punch. So they talk to him. They're shaking their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, so they're still getting coaching from the corner. They get, they get, they get, they, they argue, uh, bless, but I mean, uh, 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 cut on their forehead. Then you got the cut man who got to cut it to make sure that that thing ain't bleeding too much because it's bleeding too much in the eye. Now they, they fighting with one eye that gives their opponent advantage. So you got the cut man that's got to make sure that, that, that the cutting ain't get big and ain't bleeding too much to try to get it to go down, et cetera. So, so you got, you got a whole corner that's working to fight with them. Now that they had a trainer to help train them for the fight. Make sure they're eating right. Make sure they're training properly. Make sure they prepare. And, and then the coach, the trainer, who's saying, "Okay, now we got to prepare for this fighter. This is what this is." And they're studying the other fighters, the other opponent to know their weaknesses. All right, well, this fighter, I know the last fight fighter you fought, you know, uh, uh, on the inside, you can, you were aggressive. This fighter, you can't be aggressive because they're a great counterpuncher. So you got to be careful on how you can't just be as reckless as you were or as, or as aggressive in the last as you were in the last fight. This fight, you got to be methodical. You got to jab. You got you got to keep them at a distance because they're, they're they're a great inside fighter. So so they still got trainers who's helping them prepare, and then 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 on that, then they have a sparring partner that that kind of resembles the try, and, and that sparring partner is going to fight similar to the person they're going to fight. So it's like mimicking it. It's like I'm preparing for this fight. I'm going to fight based on the tendencies that the opponent you're about to face is going to fight. So then now you have a sparring partner who's fighting you. Who's a tough, who's be a tough fighter to try to prepare you for the person that you're about to fight. So if it's a fast, a fast fighter, then they're gonna get fast sparring partners who can fight real fast, etc. If it's if it's if it's bigger, someone who's a jabber or long punch, and they're gonna get someone who can who's fighting that way. So they try to mimic 
the person that they're going to be fighting so that they're more prepared when they get in the ring. That's strategy. So even though it's a one-on-one fight at that moment, they're not alone. They're not fighting alone. They prepared before they got to that fight. They had a whole team, a whole team that helped prepare them, the nutritionist, the person who deal with the meals, the person who deal with their, their, their uh, uh, physical training, et cetera, then even mental, all these things. So, so, so it's a team, never fighting alone. Even though it looked like it was one-on-one, they, did, they didn't just show up in that ring and fought. They, it was a process to get to that point. And they still got a team in the corner who's yelling at the corner, watch the hook, watch the jab, fight inside, back up. Be, wait, he's tired. You're wearing him down. You're wearing him down. Stop. Don't don't get aggressive. Stop being be more aggressive. Be more aggressive. You, you, you letting up on them. They're getting tired. They're tired. Wear them down because now you got a corner who you in the ring and you can't see all that's going on. But the corner man, they're looking. Oh, they're tired. He's tired. He's tired. You can't tell. I know you tired, but no, he really tired. She really tired. You got to you got to work on him even harder. You got to be aggressive. You got a corner. You got a team. Stop trying to fight alone. Stop trying to fight by yourself. This is not the season to do that. And I'm showing you strategy of the enemy. The point is that that you've been winning. But it don't look like you've been winning the way you the way you actually are winning because they're sending some whole new troops that's more evil, that's more powerful than the ones you just destroyed to try to get you tired, to try to make you give up, to try to make you throw in the towel. That's the strategy of the strong man. That's part of their strongholds. Put up this wall defense against you so that you don't get to the strong man. That's why we must be persistent. That's why we must be consistent. So again, you're entitled to break through. And you only need to break through because there's something in you in your path that's not supposed to be there. Demons are always trying to stop the work of Christ to you, but just as Christ resurrected, you too will resurrect if you keep showing up. Demonic strongholds won't be able to hold up against the pressure that you put on them. Let's go to 2 Samuel 5, verses 6 to 7. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 6 to 7. New Living Translation. Second Samuel five, verses six to seven. It says, David then led his men to Jerusalem to fight against the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land who were living there. The Jebusites taunted David, saying, "You'll never get in here. Even the blind and lame could keep you out." For the Jebusites thought they were safe, but David captured the fortress of Zion, which is now called the city of David. So in this passage, we find David, who, who was just acknowledged as being the king of Israel by the elders of Israel, as he prepared to lead them to war, as he had done in the past. So the Jebusites were in the land of Jerusalem, and David planned to conquer. But the Jebusites were confident that David and his army could not get into their city. They taunted him. They pretty much told him that the blind and the lame could defend against David and his army. They were very confident in their strength. They were very confident in their stronghold. They were like, bro, you know how many people don't try to get to this? You can't get to us. We're, we're, we're protected. We're covered. They felt their stronghold was so fortified. They were so strong. They were so confident because they were in Jerusalem for so long. And when the Israelites conquered Canaan after Joshua had died, they didn't conquer every tribe. So the Jebusite was one of them that continued to dwell in Jerusalem along with the tribe of Benjamin. We find it in Judges uh, chapter 1, verse 21. So they were thinking that they weren't driven out before. So they're like, we, we couldn't get, we, if we didn't get driven out then, 
Why do you think you can drive us out now? They felt their stronghold was well fortified. And in the realm of the spirit, the sh demonic strong man over the Jebusites felt very comfortable. And we can take it a step further as to why the demonic strong man was comfortable. After Abraham's wife, Sarah, died, Abraham uh, uh, brought burial land in Canaan in Genesis 23. Verses 13 to 18. Genesis 23, verses 13 to 18 uh, counts is the count when Abraham bought burial land for his wife, for Sarah. And it's believed from the Jews that the Jebusites made a covenant from the sale of the land with Abraham that the Israelites would not take the land from them against their will. So there was a covenant. All right, we sell this land, then you won't take the then your people won't take our land from us against our will. And then it's believed that the Jebusites engraved this covenant that, that they made on a bronze statue in the center of their city. But the covenant was broken. Why? Because the Jebusites fought against Joshua, Joshua 10 and 5. So the Jebusites broke that covenant by fighting against Joshua and his army of Israel. So by the time David showed up now, all these years later, the covenant wasn't really in place anymore, though the Jebusites felt it was still in place. They wanted to believe that it was in place. So there's bronze statues. The bronze statues were destroyed and the stronghold was broken. The city was then captured. The city was then captured. It was then captured. So the strong man always tried to work off of many covenants. You got to catch this now. The strong man always tries to work off of many covenants. They want to keep covenants going. Evil covenants. They want to keep evil covenants going. Covenants that 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 your ancestors made. Covenants that current family members have made. And not only that. Covenants they've made with you on your behalf. Without you knowing it. That's good in things. It's the, the, the enemy. If they find a legal right to do it, they can make a covenant. They can make a covenant on your behalf. Man, we talk about altars on the heart, evil altars on the heart, wrong heart motives, wrong heart motives. And we're making an offering unto God. If it's a wrong heart motive, God will reject that offering. Same thing that happened with Cain. Wrong motive, motive altars on the heart. And we'll get into that later. Wrong heart motive. And so because that offering is rejected, who do you think is now coming to accept that offering? Satan. Like, oh, wait a minute. That strange fire they're offering up. They, 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 made, they made an illegal offering. Catch this now. There is a such thing, I'm showing you, there is a such thing as an illegal offering to God. There's such thing. We talked about uh, 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 when that, that strange fire uh, uh, was offered offered up. Um, and we also talked when, when Uzzah uh, touched the, the, the Ark of God because uh, it was about to fall, but he touched it illegally and he died on the spot. We talked with Aaron's son, who, uh, son two sons who, who, who offered up strange fire. Ill-advised offering that there was not the instruction God gave. Those were illegal offerings. Cain made an illegal offering. There's a such thing as an illegal offering unto God. 
because of our wrong heart motive. If it's a wrong heart motive, and I'm telling you, my God, my God, it's saying hit my spirit again. This is more, this is more scroll downloads right here. Fresh manner right here. So, so I'm processing, I'm getting it here now. So think about, and I and I alluded to some of this in the prophecy for 2020. Why so many churches were so caught up on Teaching on the offering, teaching on the offering, teaching on the offering, folks on tithes, folks on the offering, folks on tithes, folks on the offering. And then folks are getting frustrated and upset, upset because it seemed like it's not working like it should. It was too much emphasis on that. And, and I've been around for a long time. So, and I remember people who would, I remember people who were new to certain things. They got behind the scenes. They're like, so people start getting crafty with how they do an offering now. To try to manipulate, it's subtle manipulation, but it's still manipulation to try to get people to give more money. I've heard all types of stories. And it's a way to get more money because, well, we need this. We got to do this. Not trusting God. It's, it's, it's trusting man. It's depending on man. And that's why so many people have been turned away. They see the church as, oh, they just want my money. And it's not the case, but there are people who've mishandled it and done the wrong thing. And so, but the Lord is showing me. So what's happening is because it's been teaching that's been done, but it's been done with uh, 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 some manipulation in it, some twisting of the hands in it. Some Remember, scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give under compulsion or all the feeling, all the obligation. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, he said he loves a cheerful giver. But people have not become cheerful in their giving in so many instances because the way it's been taught and so now they're giving with the wrong heart and motive, like, well, I got to give. Yeah, scripture says you reap what you sow. But there are people who are giving out of manipulation, who's giving out of fear. And those are illegal offerings. You got to catch this now. And that's why the enemy has had such a legal right to so much of the church. Because there's a whole bunch of illegal offerings going on. A whole bunch of illegal offerings going on. Giving with the wrong heart motive. Giving with the wrong intent. Giving just to try to get something back. Not giving as, a, as an act of worship, truly. And people spinning. Well, this is worship time. Everybody get excited for the offering. This is a part of worship. But, but, but they're saying it to pump people up. But the motive is still wrong when it's still based on, well, what you can give back or how it's taught. It's, it's twisting the hands. And so that's giving the enemy legal access to mess with finances or to say, OK, well, we're not going to fight them in finance. Let them let, let, let us make let them make them think they got it. By following the principles of God. When in all actuality, some of the principle of God was violated in it. But we're not going to fight them in it. We're going to actually let it come through because we want them to think that this is all they need to do to prosper. This is all they need to do. And, and we know right there they're going to feel comfortable right there. So that's why they folk, hey, I don't have to do all that praying. I had faith. It didn't take all that for me. And look at me. I'm fine. Trap of the enemy. Trap of the enemy. I didn't have to pray like that. I didn't have to wall like that. Wall and do it. I'm living good. I'm doing good. Look at that. I'm Yeah, because the enemy, don't. you ain't no threat. Because the fact that you're trying to say you don't have to put in no time, no work, no really doing all that, etc. with God. Yeah. The enemy just deceived you. They said, OK, well, we know this one right here. This is all we need to do. Let them make. They, we know if they get some stuff, they're going to just be going to the motions. They're just going to be casual Christians. They're just going to be pew sitters going to the motions. 
And we don't even have to deal with them like that until they want to have fun and games and they'll come back for it. So, yes, there have been illegal offerings. You got to watch your heart motive. Cain and Abel both gave an offering unto God. God rejected Cain's. Illegal offering. Aaron's son made those sacrifices unto God. Illegal offering. Samuel was coming for Saul to give him further instruction. Saul made a covenant with God. So he felt he raised his altar unto God because the battle, he, that was felt like he felt it was the right thing to do. But it was not the instructions. Though he set up an altar unto God to help to get blessed to go into the war. That was not the instruction the prophet Samuel gave him. He said, wait till I get here and I will give you further instructions. So Saul decided to try to fight a battle without strategy, without the instruction God gave. And though he raised a godly altar unto God, it was rejected. God rejected him as king. Illegal offering. Though it was a good thing. There's a lot of people praising God, lifting up holy hands, so to speak. And God is rejecting their offering. God is rejecting their praise. God is rejecting their worship because of heart motives. That is what we call an illegal offering. And if any will use that illegal offering as a legal right to rob, to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's the work of a strong man right there. That's the work of a demonic strong man right there. Now that's straight revelation from them scrolls that God's released from heaven. An illegal offering. And that's what's been happening so much in the church at large. Hello. There's a lot of big growth in numbers. But not a lot of big growth in power. Why is that? Because the enemy is like, yeah, let me gather a whole bunch of people here so we can keep running game. Let's just get them a whole bunch of people in one building, in one location. Because we got all these legal rights. Growing in number, but not growing in power. And the enemy has been running game on the church. Yeah, let's let's get the church to use all these worldly philosophies and bring all these worldly people in there because they look successful. Got the church looking by flesh instead of looking through the lens of faith. And the enemy's been coming in and robbing. And Robert said, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And a whole bunch of beat down, broken, battered, bruised folk. Oh, I'm about to mess your theology right now. I'm about to mess your theology. And this is across the board. Not just in the church, but we're dealing with the church. Why do you think there's some people who's preaching certain messages? They're prospering very well financially uh, from, you know, all type of things. It ain't just from offerings. It's it's from books and businesses. Fine and well, business, good, cool. But why is there such a disconnect from the top, the head, so to speak, and the rest of the congregation? Why? A sacrifice. The enemy said, yeah, well, let's, we got to make it look like it's working. And unless they, let's, get them, let's get them to preach some, some godly principles, but mix in some worldly philosophy, but mix in some contamination. And this looked like it worked for them. So it worked for me. So this way it's going to work for y'all. 
And then, but the enemy knows, nope, I got some contamination in here. So I'm going to keep using this to come, the, 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 the mess up the majority of the congregation. And they start giving illegal offerings. And not, I'm not talking just money. I'm talking about, about even in the worship, their praise, etc. Illegal offering because now it's like, wait a minute. This worked for you. And the principles, I'm not saying it's across the board. I'm saying I'm showing how the enemy operates. Why, why, is it, why is it such a big disparity? And I'm the church. I'm a proponent of the church. So I'm not speaking against. This is who we are, the church. But I'm, I'm diagnosing the problem. And yes, we know there's some people who ain't going to apply it anyway. They're just going to the motion. They're not applying whatnot. But I'm talking about people who for real, for real serious about this thing, applying what's been taught. And what's the disconnect? Contamination in the camp. There is contamination in the camp. And the problem is, even when they're teaching on godly principles, things that, that should work, the people don't know how to fight. The people don't know how to fight what's been fighting them. Because what happened was, for some of them, the enemy fought them to a certain degree. But they didn't fight them so hard in some other areas. So they said, well, you teach on this area, teach on that area, and then tell the people this, this should work for them too. But the enemy is using contamination in the camp to continue to hold the people down, to, to frustrate the people, and then now get the people to offer up uh, uh, more illegal offerings so the enemy can keep running, keep a grip on the church. So that python spirit can keep wrapping around the church and squeezing the life out of people, squeezing the resources of the people, squeezing the vision and passion of the people. Because the people haven't been taught how to fight. The people haven't been taught what happens when this opposition comes in your face for real. Oh, just trust the Lord. It's going to happen. Just, just be patient. Just keep believing. Well, yeah, you got to keep believing. But you got to know how to fight. You got to know how to fight back. You got to be persistent. You got to be consistent. You got to be persistent. You got to be consistent. And nobody want to teach that because that ain't necessarily popular. Because it's a microwave society. So you mean tell me I got to be persistent and consistent? I'm tired of being persistent and consistent. I want it to come quick. I want it to come quick. But then the foundation is faulty. It's shaky. It's not sturdy. And the enemies then said, okay, I can come and wipe that out. So we have a responsibility because we know what we know. To be persistent, be consistent. Hello. And there's some good mixed in with some bad. Because I'm not call, I'm not saying that, you know, just because church is big, that 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 you know there are some faulty ones out there, but there's some great ones out there. But the body of Christ has to come into maturity. Has to come into maturity. People got to know how to fight. People got to know how to fight back. People got to know there's a real thing as an illegal offering. Ain't too many people get up and talk about no illegal offering to begin with because it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't want nobody to not give now. I don't want nobody to not sow. I can't have you not sow. Well, if you don't sow, because they've dependent more on man than God. Hello? Depend on man more than God. And many months ago, I told you that we, we've stopped. Donald's like, the Lord's like, nope, stop, stop asking for office. Stop, don't even mention it. The people give, 
out of their own heart. God had to give, so, et cetera. Don't ask for it. Don't mention it. I was just doing what I was taught. That's who I grew up around. That's church. You got to know how to do the offering. And you're sowing in a good seed. You're sowing in a good ground, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a no because of the stigma, what's been happening. And because we're a new voice to this next generation, it's changing because like, wait a minute. They're not even asking for offering. They're not even asking. They're not begging for money. And I'm not saying that church who asks for offering anything wrong with it. I'm just saying the way that God is taking us because he's like, no, I'm showing you a new way. You're going for real. Trust me. That's why you come to our church, go live services. You see the offering uh, buckets up there. Well, you ain't going to hear no call for offering except every once in a while new people. Okay, well, you can you free led the soul. You come up here and you drop it in the bucket. And most of the time people just see other people doing it. Then they follow suit. So, oh, well, I did offering. Because it's been a stigma for so long that the church just wants money. And in some churches who they know they got to, got to, got to, got to push for that offering. Because they're not depending on God. Not as great causes. Like I said, you could, hey, we need to sow for this. We got this going on, et cetera. Absolutely, people should sow. But I'm sure the, the way God is taking us because of the stigma and what's been following the church for so long. And there's going to be some new converts, some new people in general who've been church hurt. And they go, wait a minute, that, that alone is different. I want to sow in that because they ain't, even ask, they ain't even ask for no money. And it ain't about the money. It is sowing in the good soil. It is sowing in, uh, uh, into the kingdom of God. But when people enjoy something, they want to find a way. What can I do to help? How can I sow? I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. Because it's trusting God. It's not my vision. It's God's vision. But I'm going to show you some of the tactics behind it because some folk, they can't, they got no choice. They're like, please, 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 please. Look, I grew up in the church. So I'm a church boy. Well, I was a church boy. I've been detoxed from church. I know it. But I've been, I'm telling you, y'all, some of y'all know, y'all know y'all been there. All right. Well, we just need five more people to give $5. I need a hundred more dollars. We need, okay, we need a hundred more dollars. Because right there, with either they're trying to make the budget, trying to uh, make sure that that the speaker, you know, got a seed. They got enough for the speaker, got enough for the, the musician. They got to pay the musician. And so, please, we need we need 50 more dollars. I've been there. And I remember one of my friends who recently got into the church many years ago. And, uh, and I was preaching somewhere. And then they did like a love offering. And the pastor was trying to make the bottom line. And you're not supposed to go into the off. If it's a love offering for the speaker, you put that in the envelope. You don't touch that. You don't look at that. So they went in there and got out whatever they needed to do, whatnot, et cetera, et cetera, to make the budget and all that stuff. You're not supposed to do that now. But the person found out about it and they was upset. Like, well, wait a minute. They called for us to sew in for love offering. So we were sewing into you. So if I knew there was that's what they were going to do, then I would not have done that. But again, even that we get into understanding motives but even that was wrong on how they did it but i'm just showing you that it's because when you make when when you so dependent on something instead of being dependent on god those types of, and i've been in conferences and done stuff where we were we was in the red we was coming up short et cetera, et cetera. but by faith by faith but you ain't about to see hey we need all right we need a hundred more dollars all right well, I, I got five i got five i got five i'm gonna put five right here I'm gonna put five. All right. All right. We how much we got? All right. All right. We still need twenty-five more dollars. We still need twenty-five. Twenty-five more dollars. And our folks feeling bad. Like, okay, all right. Then now they bring the change and the, or whatever works that you know. Or we like the kind that, you know, 
we 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 accept the kind that jiggles, but we prefer the one that folds. You know, all these things, but I'm just showing you that that it's got to be total dependence on God. But again, I'm putting this perspective about illegal offerings still, like like heart motives, wrong motives, etc., or begging, 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 begging for money. As the church. And I know I've been like I've been in small, I've been in medium, I've been in mega. So I've I've seen all aspects of it. All aspects of it. So I can write the book on it. But but the point of the matter is that it has to be a total dependency on God. And these illegal offerings, there's a lot of illegal offerings that's been going on in the body of Christ, and he's been using that to the advantage. That that's the whole point. That's the whole point I'm trying to get you to understand. That that's what be, what was going on. Put put in perspective. And so from this passage now, again, the strong man always try to work off of many covenants. They need a legal right. They love to enforce ancestral covenants, covenants made on the land, covenants made in the city, etc. So you have to renounce any covenants and contracts that the strong man has made with your name on it. So I said all that to say that sometimes the strong man can make a covenant on your behalf and you don't know it. Based on one thing, an illegal offering is one of those things. So put it in perspective. So you understand that. So Lord, we repent for any illegal offerings we have made unto you. And we renounce any evil covenants that the strong man or any demon have made on my behalf. We renounce it in Jesus' name. All right. And some covenants are deeply rooted. And it will take a fight to get the strong man to leave because the strong man wants to believe it still has rights to you. Just like in this passage, they're like, you can't get to us. We've been here a long time. And so the strong man wants to believe they have all these rights to you, but you enforce your right as God's child and render those evil contracts, those evil covenants, null and void. And verse 7 talks about how David captured the fortress. He captured the fortress. And fortress means stronghold. David and his army had to destroy the stronghold of the enemy, and the enemy was very confident that it couldn't be destroyed. They were wrong because godly strongmen showed up. So you're going to be showing up on some assignments, and the enemy is going to be like, oh, we've been here. What you, what you going to do? We've been here. We, 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 we fortified. We got this. But the thing is, they, they don't, what they don't realize is you don't come alone. You're not coming alone. You're not walking alone. You're not doing this alone. Not at all. Not at all. We're not doing this alone. We're not in this alone. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Let's go to Joshua 6. Our last passage, Joshua 6, verses 20 to 21. Joshua chapter 6, verses 20 through 21. Joshua 6, verses 20 to 21. And I mess around with some of y'all. Some of y'all know y'all still be, y'all still in the churches. You get an offering coming up. Got the little wooden table to the front and them two offering baskets. And, and they're counting there right there. All right, we need 10 more. Some of y'all know y'all still in some of them same churches right there who doing that same thing. That's why it's really funny for some of y'all because y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Joshua 6, verses 20 to 21. 
It says, so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. So in this passage, we find Joshua and the Israelites. They were following God's instructions. They were following God's instructions, which led to the destruction of the wall of Jericho. And we know Jericho was a major Canaanite city, which was an enemy of God. This city was well fortified, many strongholds. They had a massive wall of defense that was built. And the Canaanites occupied the promise, they occupied the promised land that God promised to the children of Israel. So the wall stood in the way of God's promise to his children. It stood in the way of God's promise to his children. No matter how big the wall, you got to understand, no matter how big the wall, how big the stronghold, if it stands in the way of where God is leading you, it has to come down. You must break through. You must keep fighting and praying and warring to see the results. And don't do it by yourself. You get others on board with you. I'm tagging you in now. Right, you get. You take this watch. You take this. Uh, we tagging in. We doing this together. I'm praying for your stuff. You praying for my stuff. Let's keep doing. Let's keep going until this wall comes down. Don't give up. So again, demons have built walls trying to stop you from receiving what God has released. Your praise in the midst of opposition can break strongholds. We still praising God in. We praising God on our way going out, our way coming in. We breaking down every demonic stronghold that's been erected. But we got to seek God for strategy. And those who lived in Jericho had heard about all the miracles God had done for the Israelites. So this wall was a physical stronghold, but it also had spiritual meaning. This physical stronghold was a wall of defense opposing God. The wall was in the way of God's will. It was in the way of the promise God made to the people. The enemy, the strong man will erect walls in your life. To try to make you feel you can't get around it. But God gave you the power, the authority to knock it down. But we got to be persistent. Prayer and warfare are important because there are things the enemy does that you won't be able to see unless you get it in the spirit. Unless you're seeking God. Prayer and warfare, spiritual warfare takes care of things that you cannot, that we cannot see in the natural. God told Joshua that he had already given Jericho into their hands. So God told him before it literally happened. God's told you, you're going to defeat the strong man. But you got to keep showing up. You're going to plunder the strong man, but you got to keep showing up. Because you more than likely at this point ain't fighting just one strong man. But you got to keep showing up. You got to keep fighting back and seeking God for strategy. And number one, we got to seek God so we're making sure we're carrying and distributing his glory in the earth. It has to be important. That's vital. That's critical. And God would often tell you that you have something before you physically have it because it's already done in the spirit. You've already defeated the enemy in the spirit. It's already done. We just got to execute it. We just got to carry it out. So God gave Joshua specific instructions. Going back to that instructions again. It's key that we follow the right strategy for each battle that will come through the Holy Spirit. He's given a strategy. The army could not physically penetrate the wall that was built. They couldn't. The only way through that wall at that time was an act of God. So after you've prayed and God said it's yours, thank him for it. And now you got to get that strategy and fight the enemy who's blocking what God has already released. 
And some are still praying for what God has already released. Now it's time to war against the enemy who snatched what rightfully belongs to you. So for six days, instructions, for six days, they were to march around the city one time per day. And on the seventh day, they were to march around the city seven times. Specific instructions. After the seventh time, the priests were instructed to blow the trumpet. And when the people heard it, they were, they were to make a great shout and the wall will come down. Instructions. The army couldn't break through that wall. They followed God's instructions. Their voice was the warfare for this battle. Just a shout. They was obedient by walking around for six days one time. And then the seventh day, they're to march around the city seven times. Seven times. That was the instructions. And they said, when you shout with the loud voice of the God against the enemy, guess what's going to happen for you? You're going to weaken and break down demonic walls set up against your life. It's all about instructions. And some of the instructions may, may not make no sense because the enemy was taunting them like, what are y'all doing? Y'all think y'all can walk around the wall? Oh, y'all walk around the city. We're so afraid of you. Okay. We following God's instructions. You follow God's instructions, no matter how crazy it sounds, no matter how weird it seems, do what he says do. And trumpets during this time were used for various reasons, gathering the congregation together, announcements. It also trumps, trumps were also used as an alarm, alerting people of an army approaching to attack. It was also blown to a pointing of kings and praising and worshiping God. There's power in your voice. As a war of God, and God gave it to you as a weapon against the enemy. Not only did the shout break down the wall, but God gave God then gave them the grace to go into the city and destroy it. They still now had the strength to go in and destroy the city. So not only can you overcome the demonic attacks, these demonic strongholds, but God can use you in such a way until demons leave embarrassed after the attack. They're gonna retreat outside of one you straight destroyed, which is what soldiers who are gonna retreat. And the enemy's going to try to make noise in your life. They're going to try to come with that demonic chatter. But your noise can send confusion to their camp and cause their plans to come crashing down. And I tell you all the time, when they give you that demonic chatter, they're talking to you, they're whispering you, telling them lies. You need to start back and whisper in their ears and tell them the truth. That's all you got? You think you got me? You think I'm going to stop? You think this going to work? You really think this going to work? You got to let them, you got to talk back to your enemy. They're already talking to you. And sometimes you don't say a word to them. Let them talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what you're about to do. Okay. Okay. I got something for you. It's coming. All right. You want me to bite that bait out? That's a bait. Nope. Then the enemy, they'll flee. Someone will flee because they just... See, you got to understand. It's strategy of the enemy. Sometimes the enemy will send some low ranking spirit to try to attack. But really, it's just to irritate you. That The attack is just irritation. But they're trying to get you to focus on that irritation to give your time, energy, and effort into that to wear you down so you're not focused on a real attack. Hello? So there's some you just simply ignore and they will flee. Resist the enemy, they will flee. That's, but that's re resisting is not just ignoring. It's, it's forceful. It's no, you will not have this. You will not have this. I'm not backing down. And sometimes we just ignore them. Nope. You, you're so petty, man. You're so petty. I'm not even going to give life to you. I'm not even going to give life to you. It's so petty. It's irritants. I mean, every day on prayer closet, this is folks coming on with craziness. I'm not giving them, the, I'm not giving them a platform. I'm not giving them a stage. 
or saying all type of crazy stuff. I just block it. Delete, delete, block, block. Now they pay no attention. You're not getting the stage. It's so low level. That's just an airport's being irritant. I laugh at it. But it's to try to get you upset and irritated. Some of you just ignore that. That's so low level. You'd be crazy to even attempt to, to, to turn that into a battle. Strategy. Seek God for strategy. And these demonic strongholds, again, will begin to come down so you can get to that demonic strong man. Cast them out, bind them, plenty of the goods, cast them out, and you take your territory. Simple as that. But it would take persistence. It would take consistence. Some battles are longer than others. But we know we win, so why, what you stopping for? What you, where you got to be? Where you got to go? God gave you territory. God gave you a promise. He hadn't changed his mind. What I tell all the time, once we pray, release to heaven, once God releases it from heaven, once it's out of God's hands, it's now in our hands. It's now up to us. It's been released. It's out of God's hands now. The enemy wants you to get mad at God. It's out of God's hands. It's already been released. And most of the time, the strong man is fighting you for stuff that's already been released. Once it leaves God's hands, it's out of his hands. It's now in our hands. We got to pray. We got the war. He's giving us the weapons, etc. to do what we need to do to conquer, to dominate. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Glory be to the name of the Lord. The first call is if you're not saved, the enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy. Christ came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And please understand, you cannot defeat the strong man without Christ. We need Christ. Salvation is not the end. It is just the beginning. If you're not saved, you can give your life to Christ right now. Simply repeat after me to Lord Jesus Christ. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead with all power in your hands. Please forgive me of all of my sins there, God. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. I want to live for you. You belong to me and I belong to you. If you just said that for the first time, we welcome you to the family of God. You are now saved. And you can also send an email to info at the coregreen.org uh, saying you just accepted Christ uh, so you can get some more uh, uh, information that's help you on your journey. Amen. The second call is if you know this is home. You've been hearing the sound. You've been growing here. You've been being stretched here. You've been being pushed here. You know this is home that I'm your pastor. I'm your spiritual covering. No matter where you are across the globe, it's not just about being inside four walls. It's what God's doing when he's doing a new thing. If you know this is home, this for you being fed, this is home for you. Send an email to info at thecoregreen.org saying you want to become a member of Upper Room Kingdom uh, so that administration can make sure you get um, plugged in with uh, the new member stuff, etc. Uh, we have a lot of things coming down the pipeline. And those who recently joined, uh, uh, we have some new member stuff that's going to be coming up. You're going to be hearing about that uh, this month. Uh, so, uh, so you get so you can get plugged in uh, with all that Upper Room Kingdom has going on. Amen. Uh, and, of course, our church on the go is uh, our first church on the go service uh, for 2020 is going to be Saturday, January 18th at 11 a.m. Saturday, January 18th at 11 a.m. Uh, at the um, the Hyatt Place, Atlanta, Alpharetta. Again, that's the, the Hyatt Place, uh, Atlanta, Alpharetta, off of Winwood Parkway. The address is 5595 Winwood Parkway in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30004. And um, so you govern yourself accordingly. Looking forward to seeing you all from near and far. And so it's going to be Sunday, I mean, Saturday, January 18th, 11 a.m. Uh, and then we're going to finalize our 
church on the go service for the following Saturday at 11 a.m. And once we get that location, then we'll get the flyer up so that you can have that. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Also, remember, you can register for church on the go. You make sure you get plugged into that because uh, we're going to officially uh, start releasing uh, church on the girls church. I mean, uh, boots on the ground. Shall I say boots on the ground strategy? Uh, uh, that's going to be big, big, big. Uh, so make sure you register. Uh, that link's been post on YouTube as well as go.urkingdom.org forward slash boots on the ground. Amen. Also, we'll close out in prayer. Father God, we come down to the end of not another Bible study. We thank you. We thank you for all that was said and done today, the word that went forth, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that has taken root in uh, all of our lives, oh God, that we will apply it to our lives, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that the strong man will be exposed, oh God. The hidden things will be exposed, oh God, in our lives, oh God. Any hidden wounds, any hidden things the enemy try to bury, we thank you for exposing the works of our wicked enemies, oh God. We send heavenly hosts to go forth and do war on our behalf. I declare your spirit of peace to rest upon everyone under the sound of my voice, oh God. I thank you, God, for continuing to give us understanding, oh God. I thank you for pushing us forward into to our destiny. I thank you for your ministry, angels, and ministering unto everyone in the sound of my voice. We love, we praise, we glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And please make sure you go back and watch this Bible study before next week. You're not going to get it all in one sitting. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the Holy Spirit will give you more revelation, more insight uh, on the word. Amen. Uh, study to show ourselves approved. Keep studying, keep pressing, keep seeking God. As always, remember that you are the breath of God. And God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Corey Green sign out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you soon. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.